Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What up out there, podcast land? What's everybody up to today? The one who can multitask. I was and... about to say, I, imp- I was like, he, he's, he's still doing <laughs> he's something. Ready. There's no way he's going to come. Is I going to see that finger? But he did. I did. Yep. You know, okay. your, your um, ADD always amazes me. <laughs> it can be used for good. It can be used for good. What the enemy meant for evil. That's right. God said, I will use it in your ministry, my son. Unlike me, who was trying to make sure I hit unmute and pointed at the same time. By the way, so I was doing a third day because in my peripheral, as I was typing that text out, I was looking at you and I was listening to everything. So I was like, wow. And I could see you were, because your finger and you kept doing, yeah, I wish I was, you had the video on because to, you were got one and the other. I'm really bad about, that's why I used to want to play drums and I knew my brain was not meant for that because my hands have to essentially be doing the same thing at all times. It's I thought you were I'm about to say, I forget what my right is from my left. Well, that, pretty close to it. That's it. Because I'm not going to call anybody's name out, Lauren, but the other night I said, you need to go more to your right. And she went. She was starting looking at her hands, and I'm like, "Which one makes the hell? I'm like, "You're 24 years old." Okay, <laughs> okay, I got, I got to ask a question. I got to straighten something out. Uh-oh. This is straight from the goose of grace. Did your son tie your daughter to a tree? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I just was wondering if that was real. If that was okay. <laughs> All right. Go listen, to goose of grace. You'll get that. <laughs> Okay, well, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a mask on? Yes. Okay, that's why. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and I was surprised that he waved. Now I understand. Yeah. We love you, Drew. Love <laughs> you. I love you, Drew. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Oh, that, that was day. probably the worst spanking Drew ever got. Oh, I, I, he deserved every bit of it, too. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, he got... He that was that was um I was like, there's no way this really happened. So we did that right. at work one time. <laughs> you tied somebody to a tree? We did. What kind of job do you it, was this I, at Gretna Middle School? No, no, no. Or elementary? <laughs> this was in Buffalo. I shouldn't probably shouldn't say this out loud. It was in Buffalo and No, please continue. When we worked with I worked with the youth board and we did we tied somebody to a tree, but we untied immediately. We didn't go in and watch a TV show and forget about <laughs> them. <laughs> Like true, <laughs> it, it didn't last long. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, even though you're telling it, I'm sure the um, statute of limitations. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it didn't yeah. cause any bodily harm or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it didn't cause anything to Lauren other than yeah, <laughs> the the repercussions the, of it. The terror of being tied to a tree and forgotten. Yeah. I don't. I think. I think he's. I don't think it was an hour that he forgot. <laughs> I think in in his young age mind. Oh yeah. It was, but I don't think it was that long. Even in his mind now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't think the time frame was that long. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more along the lines of five minutes. Yeah. But I'm sure to Lauren it seemed like an hour. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but um I don't saw Oh, that. good times. Anyway, so we're in Genesis forty one and we are gonna talk about Pharaoh tonight. And we're gonna talk about today here's sort of the we're gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna give you sort of a main thesis thought. 
Here it is. When God moves, it's immediate. Can be. Well, well actually, I, we can talk about how God moves. Uh-huh. So let me backtrack on that. Mm-hmm. God can move however God chooses mm-hmm. to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, because in this one, you actually could say it took God quite a while to move. But then again, you could say, right. When God did move, he moved. It went quickly, right. Bang a ring a dang dang. <laughs> you know, I was getting ready to say exactly that thing right I there. Don't think <laughs> I was. <laughs> I don't think From the tip that. of my tongue there. Yeah. Oh. So, anyway, so Mona's going to read, and um, then we'll go from there. All right. So, chapter 41, starting in verse 1. After two. Ho- <laughs> we got something going on in the background. <laughs> Oh, they're so distracting. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke, and he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dream, and there, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Man, now that is a dream. Absolutely, that's uh, a heck of a dream. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the fact that your timing is always perfect, that you're not even bound by time, and that uh, when the, the correct time comes, Heavenly Father, whether it seems like a long time to us or not, uh, you move at, at the perfect moment. So, Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for that and pray that this this episode be a blessing and that uh, those that would, would listen would hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So, we're really not going to deal with anything about the dream itself. I mean, the dream just meant there's seven years of plenty. Here it is, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. They both were the same dream. Yep. And I think Joseph ultimately says, Pharaoh... Somewhere over there, your dreams, they are one. But what we want to look at is, so remember last episode, we were talking, and because we got so laughing about, you know, the the baker has the dream, and it was, mm. Rosa said, he will lift up your, uh, lift your, lift up your head, and he'll restore you, and then the, uh, or the cupbearer. Cupbearer, yeah, and then the baker's like, oh, well, tell me about it, because he's going <laughs> to lift up your head and cut it off. <laughs> And and so, you know, Joe's like, remember me. Now, we talked a little bit that Joseph was then putting his his future sort of in the hands of, of a dude, mm-hmm. or he thought a couple dudes, whatever, instead of trusting the Lord to, to work it. And then he waits two years. Yep. I mean, literally, first four words, after two mm-hmm. whole years. Mm-hmm. So there was something going, I mean, I, you don't know whether, and I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth, not at all, whether God said, okay, Joseph, I would have done it sooner, but you tried to, right. I mean, what he tried to do was he tried to fix it himself. Tried to fast track it, yeah. Right. You know, right. and that, ne- by the way, spoiler alert, it never works <laughs> when you try to fast track nope. God. 
And so he waited two years, and then Pharaoh has a dream. And the part that I loved about this is that none of the magicians or the wise men could figure it out. I mean, it seems now that we read it, it seems like, well, duh. I mean, <laughs> fat cows, skinny cows, <laughs> big old heads of corn, little bitty ones. It just makes sense to me. But so just so here's what I want your thought is, is going in. That's sort of my thought. Main, my main thesis thought was about God. But your overall thought about this chapter or about what we're going to talk about or whatever. Well, as you were talking just now about um, no the magicians not being able to interpret his dream. And remember, we talked about when um, Joseph asked the cupbearer, you know, what is wrong? He could tell what was wrong. And we talked about that fact that he must have been talking to other people to try and get an understanding of what this dream meant because he had said no one has been able to. And so with them, with the cupbearer and the baker, Nobody was able to interpret the dream. And then now again with Pharaoh, nobody is able to interpret the dream until Joseph comes and God reveals it to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> just enjoying that. No. Um, it it kind of goes along with yours, Hank, that the, there is, uh, I'm show my roots here. There's an old country song. You'll, you'll know this one. I don't know about you, oh, Mona. No. Uh, but but the the chorus or, or tag of it is some of God's greatest greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, and it's that idea. Like, and I struggle with this so much. I'm like, God, you 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 gave me something. You you gave me your word. I know where I need to go. You gave me my marching orders, and then it falls flat because he may have, but he didn't say go yet. Yeah, you know. And so so many times when God's doing that, he he's. He's either protecting you because it's not the right time because of some external circumstance, or he's protecting you because you're not ready yet. And this whole this whole thing has been such a great lesson about that, you know, the story of Joseph so far, because it's just a lesson in learning to move at God's speed when he calls you, but also waiting and being thankful when he forces you to wait until it's the right time. Yeah. I mean— you could really look, just saying that, man, when Joseph had his first dreams, it's just amazing how the dreams of Joseph, the, his mm-hmm. whole life is really about dreams. That had to seem like a lifetime ago. Yeah. You you ever think he at any point in all this thought, I don't know, that must have been my own personal dreams. Right. You know, obviously. If he's human, yeah, probably. I mean, no, he's yeah. going, what? My dreams didn't mean nothing. They were just yeah. something stupid, and I made I made something of them that weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Then God's got you where He wants you. Right. Yep. When you're like, hey, they were nothing mm-hmm. to that, and God's like, I'm about to move. So He's waited two whole years, and here's what it is: He's waited two whole years. Now Pharaoh has the dream. Everybody else, and then the chief cupbearer says, "I remember my offenses today." <laughs> I, I I truly believe God blacked that out for him. Mm-hmm. I believe God was like. Wiped it clean mm. until he needed it, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, can you delete something on a computer and then restore it? <laughs> but that, that's what it is. And so then notice, Mona, why don't you read down there in verse 14, and notice, how, and we were talking about this before we came came on air, two whole years, and then right. Joseph becomes what the dreams were. Mm-hmm. Right. 
in uh, however one day right less so verse 14 says then pharaoh sent and called joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit and when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes he came in before pharaoh and then verse 15 is and following is pharaoh telling him the dream but let me read 16 joseph answered pharaoh it is not in me god will give pharaoh a favorable answer Exactly. I mean, so now he's at the stage. He's like, it's it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It, God can do it. I cannot do it. And then verse twenty five, there he says, "The dreams of Pharaoh are one." Mm-hmm. That that was what I was talking mm-hmm. about a little earlier. So, how is it God can be on His own timetable? Well, because God is the eternality of God is exactly why. I just love that word, <laughs> eternality. I know. It's a good I, word. I love it's using good it, word. which I don't think I used it before you said it. But because he is outside of time, so he's not bound by time. He has all, there's not a, a time when he didn't exist. And so he knows the beginning from the end. He has been in the beginning. He has already been in the end. Um, and so because of that, the he can cause to happen what needs to happen in the right time because when we're waiting and we don't have a clue what's going to happen, he knows what's going to happen. And so he, he knows the best time for that. Imagine if, if the cupbearer had told Pharaoh about Joseph and then they reinstated, state of Joseph and then he's off doing something else and then Pharaoh has these dreams you know that would have changed that could have changed yeah. everything. there's so much it could have been different right and so but God knew that in this moment in time two years later he was going to need Pharaoh to be this just came to me too that Pharaoh needed to be willing to listen to Joseph right and so yeah. possibly yeah. if if the cupbearer had remembered him that would have changed the whole perspective between Pharaoh and Joseph. Why are you smirking at me? I haven't done this in a while. Oh, boy. Question time. <laughs> yep. Question time. Pull up a chair. Time. Question time. Pastor Hank. Yep. What would you say to the person who says, listening to us right now, okay, that's all well and good that God knows. Mm-hmm. He made this dude sit in a prison for two years. How is that not a mean God? Well, I think you you already pretty much answered that. If he had, you know, it's like if I I have a child, and she most of the time trusts my judgment, most of the time. But but like if you have someone you love, it could be a child or whoever. If you want to do everything to set them up for success, to do things for their good. So if if God we say oh he let him stay in there no he kept things from going off track by doing that so he had to wait until the external circumstances were correct he had to wait until Joseph was in the right mindset and had completely given himself over to God and then he allowed it to happen So what you're saying is God's not able to use another situation to get him there he, that it had to be just him sitting in there he couldn't have sent him off somewhere else Well I think that depends on Joseph. Not so much. No, man. Wait a minute. You just it, said a minute ago. It depended on God. Well, I so I'll, I'll help you out here. <laughs> Please. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God can use whatever situation. I want you to get to this point, though. How is he not being mean by leaving this dude in jail for two years? Because I mean, it's the because 
he's good. God is good. His character is good. It's in his character to be good. It's in his character to be kind. It's in his character to be loving. And so we know, because we've said it over and over again, and I just read it. This, Where did I read it? But God cannot act outside of any of his character. That sounds good, but you're not <laughs> answering the question. I'm going to take a second stab. And just I, the only thing I want to point out is is you said how could he leave him there? He didn't leave him there, and that's one of the th- that's one of the things that points to God being a good God is that He was with him that whole time. He was with Joseph, and Joseph grew closer to him during that time. And the the thing to me is, who cares about worldly success? The way God shows us that He loves us is by allowing us to draw closer to Him, and that was exactly what He did during this time. Yes. Here's what I was saying. He didn't leave him there alone. Right. He was with him in the whole time. Mm-hmm. A mean God would have just left him and turned his face yep. and not dealt yep. with him. And then, I mean, I cannot imagine the prisons of those times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were very sanitary. Right. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Not a fun place. And yet, he makes sure Joseph is the head of the prison. Mm-hmm. We know that from chapter 40. He's being blessed, and the whole time he's growing. He, I, I think he's, in a sense, living out Romans 8, 28, mm-hmm. 29, 30, mm-hmm. all the way to 39. So, yeah, some would say he's just a mean God. That That's not mean. Right. He's not being mean to Joseph because he has a plan that he keeps his hand protection of him, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, when the time is right, right. he makes him prime minister. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know about you, but to go from the prison <laughs> to the penthouse, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. In in a few hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good guy. In the meantime, when others are probably dying around you in a prison, mm-hmm. or getting extremely sick, extremely ill, extremely malnourished, Joseph is the shining star, right? So for those that would come and say, "Man, that's a mean guy," no. By the way, let's say he lets him out and, and he gets him back to Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife does mm-hmm. something or or yep. something else happens. God was actually protecting him yep. till it was time was right. Because when God is going to answer, there's only really three answers God can give you about something. No. Mm-hmm. Slow. Mm-hmm. Time's not right, which is what I would argue here. Mm-hmm. Or go. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, slow, or go. And so you just got to figure out, if you if you know, go back to what you said, if you yep. know that you know that you know that you know God has called you to something, that as I told somebody just yesterday, if it lines up with his word, if it lines up with his character, if it lines up mm-hmm. with what he would say, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good indication that it's God speaking to you, then you got to look for the green light, as it were. Mm-hmm. So what else do we see in this passage? So I got, I got two things. I'm going to... I'm gonna, Go back to what Mona was talking about. Go back. About Go his, back My wrong answer? <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's correct. We just got to tie it together. So we had just got done saying that he is outside of time. Okay. The word and is eternality. <laughs> we just got done talking about his eternality outside of time. And um, the what that has some, some huge implications that I don't want us to skip over. So... One of the ways we mark time is through development. So so I did not look like this when I was a year old. <laughs> that would be terrifying. So so here's the thing. 
there's no development in God. He he is fully God from ever to ever. Yeah, let's Isn't go that with a that. Crazy thought though. Yeah. yeah. And there, so, go, just stop for a minute. No, there's never been a moment in anything that God was not there. Mm-hmm. I want you to take a moment and let that let that sink in sink in your brain. Yeah. So what you, yeah, I love the I, so you keep you no, don't, don't good, lose your thought going. here. I got you. I got you. <laughs> because no matter how far back you go, God's always there, yeah. and He has not. That is a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. And it's one like I. There's a few thoughts that I just cannot wrap my brain around, and that's that's what that just that concept of being outside of time. Is is so foreign to the human experience? Yeah, because we're we're so time centered. You know, he's often. never developed not yep. one iota. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. And that's that's where that's where I'm heading with this. Go on. So, you know, as as we develop, who we are changes. Our character changes. Um, I'm not the same guy I was when I was 20 years old. Thank God. <laughs> um, and I mean that literally. Thank God for that. But. Um, but because he doesn't develop, he stays the same. Think of like a flat line. He stays the same all the way through. So if he shows kindness in one place, it shows that he is kind throughout every every bit of his existence. Yep. And if he's good, then he's always good. So being outside time lets us lets us hold to those promises and to his character because we know there's no development, there's no change, there's nothing that that signifies something could no longer be when it's in him. And so I just want to point that out that 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 does that's one of those ways we can say he's good is because we've got a whole book full of him being good. Oh, yeah. Right. So we know it doesn't change. Right. And being good and adjusted at the same time. It's just yep. a crazy how he can I, I love what you've always said, Mona, that he cannot act outside of his character. Mm-hmm. Well there's so many attributes and characteristics. How could anybody but a God do that? Without contradicting the single one, you can read whatever you want to read. This is a pretty open, See, open I deal here. Out. I found what I read. So this is a quote from A. W. Tozer. It says, "When we think of the attributes of God, we study them individually. But with God, there is no dividing of one attribute from another. God does not lay aside one attribute in order to pick up another attribute." And I just thought that that was a great way. Obviously, he's Tozer, so that's why. But. Um, you know, we talk about that he can't act outside of any of his character and the way that he worded that about him, you know, like, oh, I don't feel like being very loving today. So I'm going to set right. that aside and I'm going to be just instead. No, he's loving and just They're together so and yeah. holy and all of that. And so I just I love that quote. And he's smirking at me again. I don't know why. I was, look, if you cause him to ask another question, <laughs> you're out of here. I was going to say, yeah, he didn't just one day decide, I'm going to be a Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the next question. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> what? All right, we know the, the purpose was to get Joseph in this place, in this role as prime minister. But what did it also do? What volume did it speak that nobody else could interpret this dream? There's this old Hebrew boy that can do it, and the Hebrew boy says, ha, it's not me. Right. They're pointing it's, to the it's, source. It's yeah. God that can do it. Right. What? Now, Pharaoh was looked upon as what? I don't know. 
I was going to say God on earth. Hey, Pharaoh was looked at a God on earth, Mm -hmm. little G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Pharaoh cannot interpret it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, number one, should disqualify you. Yeah. (laughs) All his magicians and his wise men couldn't interpret it. Mm -hmm. This Hebrew boy who says God did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read 37 and 38 and 39. Um, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Oh. In whom what? Is the spirit of God. Pharaoh is now acknowledging mm-hmm. that there's somebody higher than him. Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, that's a tremendous statement. Yep. Yep. Well, and I was going to, go back to 32 and say, but, you know, part of what Joseph told him was that, you know, God has, it's not verse 32, I don't know what verse is, but he said, oh, the 28, God has shown to Pharaoh what he's about to do. And so it, as Pharaoh's interpreting his dream, not only is he saying, I'm not interpreting your dream, God is interpreting his dream, but Joseph is also pointing Pharaoh back to God. Yep. Like God is showing you what he's going to do. He's showing you what's going to happen. He's telling you about this famine that's coming. In verse 32, where you said, uh-huh. he says, and God's fixed it. That's why yep. I gave it to you twice. Right. Yep. Yeah. And God will shortly bring it about. Yes. And so then, then in 38, when Pharaoh says, that the Joseph has the spirit of God. And then read verse 39, because this is so now it's Pharaoh saying it. Mm-hmm. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. And you shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. That's why the promotion is very <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, isn't that when you want to go, what? <laughs> <laughs> And and the key is that Pharaoh acknowledged this great God and that the Spirit of God. If you go to the Book of Daniel too, and you get Nebuchadnezzar, they every time God shows His might off like this, they're like, "Is there anybody like God?" Right, right. Yeah. When God just decided, and I was sitting there as you were reading that, and I'm like, "But it's not Joseph." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joseph has now come 180. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you go back to that boy, and this is why I'm so glad I'm not who I was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> if you go Same. back to when Joseph was a teenage boy, who was an absolute jerk face. Yeah. To right now, he could have got all the accolades. Mm-hmm. He said, man, it's it's God. It's not me. And so you figure, when, I mean, going back to where we started in chapter 37, Joseph was 17 years old. And now it says in verse 46 of chapter 41 that he's 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So 13 years. Mm -hmm. 13 years he was basically in slavery or in prison. Right. And I love, this may just be me picking up on stuff that's not there, but but just, so this all kicked off really with the event of him being thrown into a pit. Right. Yep. Then you go... To verse 14 in chapter 41. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And there's just such a great picture of him being put in this this pit where he needs to rely on God, where he needs to grow in his relationship with God. And then God says, it's kind of, I just hear the, the oven bell going off. All right, you're ready. Yep. Ding, it's up. Pull him out of the pit. Let's go. Uh, he's, and you see him at Right where yeah. he needs to be next. Yep. 
And and here was my thought. Now, I'll go back further. Mm-hmm. It all started with the stinking coat. Yep. Right. Yep. And now he's going to wear the coat of the prime mm-hmm. minister. Yep. Yep. He's not just going to be the priest and the head of the family. He is basically the head of the world. Yep. Because he says, he said, nobody, I love this. This is one of those verses of scripture. Every time I read it, I'm like, this is crazy. And he says, I am Pharaoh. Without your consent, Mm -hmm. no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land. Mm -hmm. This dude was ruler of the world. (laughs) Pharaoh may have the title, but it was all Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. So So, you know, we were talking about how bad, I'm going to blow your minds here. (laughs) How bad old Jacob was, right, mm-hmm. as a daddy. Mm-hmm. All Jacob did was follow what God told him to do. Mm. Yep. I have to think, he put in his heart to give it to this boy, mm-hmm. yep. which made ev- you, goodness, and he made everybody else mad because God had to do what? He had to get Joseph where to Egypt, if essentially and in the pit. Yeah, yeah, yep. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but in so I mean, and some people go, "Well, God's just this big marionette guy that's just pulling strings." No, there is human um, free will involved. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, God does. God in His providence. Moves. God needs his people in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I go back to Joseph so hit it right. What you meant for evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God meant for good. Yep. Yep. Enemies are trying to destroy everybody. Yep. By the way, can we take a bigger picture? <laughs> God had to get his all of his people right. to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Why? To make a nation out of them. Yeah. Remember, they went, it was what, 72? Mm-hmm. 70, 72 people? Mm-hmm. Bro, 400 years later, and they come out, it's over a million. Yeah. God had to grow them there. Now, we can talk about that later, about all that <laughs> went into that and that mess, but wow, what a God. Yes. Closing thoughts. That was my closing thought. What a God. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Um, mine is just, uh, and I think we've said this before, but you know, when God God calls you, stop trying to limit Him by your standards and saying, "Well, yes. well, this is such a small thing." Joseph didn't know where he was going to end up. He just knew to take this next step. I'm going to follow God, and then take another step and another step. And so stop saying, well, this is a small thing. I meant for bigger stuff. God, no, God may be preparing you for something huge, and regardless of what the world says about it, it may be huge and important to the kingdom just because it's God's will. So so when he calls answer, don't question, well, I don't think I think this is beneath me or whatever. You never know what God's got in store. And so let's go back to the the first thought that we had, and the first thing that we talked about was God's timing mm-hmm. and that and I, I mean, my final thought I'll share is a little bit of a story. Um, I love to sing. And as you 
people at Marion know I sing on the praise team, but what many people probably don't know is I waited 25 years to be able to sing on the praise team. And um, cried many tears waiting and um, want, longing to be able to do that, but I'm really not that great. So I couldn't for many years. And so, but, but it's like God put that desire in my heart and it was just a matter of him putting us in the right place to be able to finally do it. And so you just don't know. You don't know what God has in store for you. You don't know what what the waiting is going to bring about. And the waiting can be hard and the waiting can be painful. But, you know, as Joseph sat for those final two years, he had no idea what the final thing was going to be. He's like, I, I mean, I, I, you got to admit, he. well, you got to think, he's probably down there going, they forgot me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I am here. Right. For the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. And then the next thing you know, right. the door opens. Joseph. Right. And the next thing you know, he's riding around in Pharaoh's chariot. Right. Uh, God is so amazing. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway, let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, you are amazing and you're wonderful. You're powerful. You're just God. And Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for who you are. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much. This is the Mosaic of Mary, and I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Mary Baptist Church. I got my home slice, Ms. Mona. Hey, hey. I got old Bean Boy over there. Yep, yep. So glad you guys were here with us today. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. 11 weeks of Christmas. Oh, my.